Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Well, hello, branding fans worldwide. Today, it's Phil Davis flying solo. Liz is off. She has a personal life, apparently, and uh, she in- invoked the need for a couple of days off, and I freely gave it to her, so she's going to come back refreshed next week. But you've got me, and I'm going to give you today what Disney would call from the Disney vault, those secrets that are closely, closely guarded. I'm going to give you the tungsten formula, the naming and branding process today. So if you are out there and you are an entrepreneur, you're a startup company, you're a marketing director, you're somebody that's been tasked with coming up with a new company or product or division name, I'm going to answer the question that we get here on a regular basis, which is somewhere in our discussion, tell us a little bit about your process. And I'm sure every naming company or firm out there has a proprietary process. A lot of them share the same elements. But I'm going to give you 10 points that I guarantee you, if you follow this and you do this, you don't even need us. Um, Hopefully, you'll still use us. Um, Like building a house, I'll give you all the secrets to building your house, but you still might want to contract it out. But uh, if I get hit tomorrow um, or you read something in the obits and you go, dang it, I was just about to name something, you could just refer to this episode and I will still be with you here in spirit. So without further ado, this is the company naming and branding process, the tungsten version, and our secret 10 steps. If you're a competitor of ours, please uh, turn your radio off right now, um, because this is only meant for you, the entrepreneur, the marketing director, that person, I'm gonna give you the secrets. Kentucky Fried Chicken, the key ingredients, the 11 secret herbs and spices, and every good branding project starts with just laying the groundwork. So before we jump into the 10 steps, the thing you need to do basically is identify your team and your budget. Okay, so before we get into the, the meat of this, just identify who it is that's going to be a stakeholder. And the reason that's so important when you go to name or brand anything is that's the one that can become a monkey wrench later on. We've had uh, clients and situations before where we, we got down to the 11th hour, we're down to the last one or two names, and then it was nixed because they said, well, we ran it by our investor, or we got somebody involved in it that was kind of an outsider, or we asked these people. So we always say gather widely and decide narrowly. It's not about excluding people. When you come up with an idea, you're going to name your new company. Of course, you want to be inclusive. You want to get a lot of input. But from the get-go, The most important decision starting off is who are going to be the critical decision makers in this process. And we always recommend an odd number. Um, One person, if it's a solopreneur, three people or five, it gives it kind of this kind of majority feel to it. And it avoids those awkward one against one, two against two scenarios. So 
get down to a team, I would say our most common is three to five people if it's not a solopreneur. Um, and that way it's just, it's, it's good. The other thing too is good creative rarely comes from massive group consensus. You know, a great idea usually doesn't come from 30 people. Think about through history, all the great ideas. It was usually one or two people working in a garage, um, bouncing ideas off each other. It's usually small groups where those dynamics happen because you're less risk adverse. Um, you're willing to say, hey, that would be cool. You, when you start opening it up to 20 people, somebody inevitably is a naysayer. There's always a negative Nancy who says, well, what if people say this? And they've kind of deconstruct the process. So let's say you know who that person is. The other thing to keep in mind when you, when you pick these people that are your key stakeholders, make sure it's people who get you. The big thing now is, you, you know, you do you. So make sure it's people who get you and understand what it is that you're trying to do so they don't give you bad input. And we'll get into that a little bit later, how you can put additional guardrails on this, brand rails, so that you get the correct input in the naming section. So determine your team, make sure they're kind of on board with your vision, you've explained what your vision is, they understand what you're attempting to do. And then take a look at your project budget. And the reason I say this is this is a big divergence in the road here. That will determine whether you go this alone, and you could do these two steps, these 10 steps yourself, or you can hire a naming firm. But either way, you need to look at your budget for this. And if you go into tungstenbranding.com, or if you just Google how, how much to name a company, you'll get our article. And we, we lay out a whole article on what you can reasonably expect um, budget-wise to name a company. And that's from from kind of doing it on the on the skinny, kind of a DIY concept, to full-on, you, you bake the cake, you bring it to me. It's the restaurant versus the uh, grocery store. So determine your budget. I, I'll give you right out of the bat. If you're a solopreneur and you want somebody else to do this for you and you don't have a lot of really intensive needs, you don't need trademark in 30 countries, you don't need an elaborate logo designs and all those other things. You mainly need a name and identity. You should be able to get that complete process done for anywhere from eight to twelve thousand dollars, fifteen at the highest. And then it moves up. The more the merrier. The more people you get involved, the more decision makers, the more consensus, the more trademark. Uh, the bigger the scale goes, it goes up twenty, thirty thousand. And then the big daddies, the corporations that we've dealt with, they're north of a hundred thousand. Don't get freaked out. Those are big people, big boy pants. They've got the money. They've got like drawers that they just open with all kinds. They spend it on like Chotskys. So, um, so anywhere from like 7,500 for a mom and pop, uh, 15,000 I would say for a couple, three people that are leaving upper management, starting their own new deal, and they're all throwing in five grand. Um, you could get some pretty cool, cool branding. So with that in mind, you got your team, you've got kind of a relative budget, you're going to go forward. Here's step number one, is you just want to gather, 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 gather. And this is what we ask people to do. Um, we want to kind of see, when I grew up, they would always look at the scat from the animals to see what they've been feeding on. And so you always want to see where, where's the group been feeding? What have they been eating? What have they been thinking about? So the branding process begins with the stakeholders, the these, this small group that you're going to be meeting with. And you do a state of the union. That's what we do. We say, just tell us everything. 
You know, we're like your therapist. Here's your 50 minutes on the couch. So give us what you've liked, what you didn't like, as crazy as it is. Maybe it was a name, but uh, it wasn't available from a trademark perspective. Or maybe it was a name you loved, but it sounded too close to a competitor. Or maybe you just couldn't come up with any good name. You just hated all of them. Um, so we get pretty much all of that. That helps us understand a little bit of where you're at in the process. Um, maybe you're just at a complete dead end, or you don't know, you just don't consider yourselves the creative people, you, the company's full of engineers and they don't, and they don't, they tend to think literal and the names are too literal as well. So we gather all that. We ask for PowerPoint presentations, the creative briefs that have been written on it. We ask a lot about the business model itself. So look at the business model itself and any supporting documentation that would explain or convey your marketing objectives. So at this point, it's just listen, gather, and I think the point in this is just to soak in the project. Our goal is to just get a very deep understanding of what this wants to be. This brand, it's not about just sticking a name on there, otherwise it's, it's gonna be like Teflon. If you just approach it from a naming perspective in that sense, it's just gonna paste it on and it'll fall off. But to be fully integrated so that the brand becomes alive and it really becomes vibrant, you need to kind of get into that DNA. So who thought of this? Where did the idea come from? Where are you going with it? Where do you see it in three to five years? Why did you like this initial name? What made you turn away from it? What was the pain point that brought you to needing extra help on this? So we gather, number one, gather. Number two is that we analyze that information. So rather than jumping into a competitive analysis of others in your industry, then in making assumptions, okay, you tell us that you're doing XYZ, we'll just run with it and we'll look at others that are doing XYZ. A lot of times we'll kind of push back and go, why do you think you're creating this? Because it sounds like with this solution that you're creating, it would do other things as well. And it causes our clients to step back and sometimes go, well, I guess it could. It sounds obvious, but it isn't. You know, Apple got into it by being innovative, but they weren't really a computer company. They're an innovation company. They're in the digital lifestyle business. Um, so our, if a client came to us and said, we want to name a computer company, I would ask, are you really just in the computer business? Is that all you're ever going to do? And frequently it'll be, well, that's where we're starting, but we also have on, their, on our table XYZ and thoughts of doing things. That really factors in to what the name could be, because you certainly don't want to pigeonhole yourself, and that's the tendency going out of the gate. In a rush to go to market, people will often brand themselves or name themselves too literally or functionally. Um, so you, you don't want to do that. So we, we dig deep, we call it digging a deeper well. We get down to what it is that really is the footer that's gonna hold this business up. I often think of building a building, if you think you're business is scalable, and most entrepreneurs do. They, they wouldn't start it if they didn't think they could build it higher. You certainly wouldn't start building a building by just throwing two by fours on the ground and building the first story. You would dig. And so we dig down and say, what about this, what about this, until we hit something that we feel is really firm. And that foundation generally are attributes. Like it's not what you're doing today. I mean, look at what's happened just in terms of entertainment in the last few years. I mean, entertainment 
is entertainment. People still want to be entertained. But a few years ago, they wanted to be entertained by watching VHS. And do you remember the phrase, be kind, rewind? And you had to take those things back and you got a fee and then half the business model was based on getting late fees. It really was. A huge portion of the profit by these companies was. So if you were the accountant in that business and you were naming it, it, you know, it would be goofy if you looked at it just through a financial lens or just through a business model lens or just, because most of the fees could be coming from, you know, not rewinding or not turning the VHS in. Then it became DVDs and then it became Blu-ray. Then it became stream um, through the mail. Then it became streaming through all of that. These companies were providing entertainment. So to name it, you really need to look at it. If you went all the way back, you would want to name something based on the fact that you are continually going to provide entertainment to people and not name it after the delivery method. So with that in mind, we call that finding your pivot point. And your pivot point, this is in the anal analyze stage, analyzing what it is that you're really trying to name here. It's understanding what it is that you are truly bringing to the table that you will continually pivot around, just like in basketball, the one thing that will never change in not only your current business that you're starting, but in all future things that you're adding to the business. Um, the reason we named our company Tungsten is while we do naming, our goal is to continually introduce products that bring clarity to your and insight to your business. So we do seminars now. Um, Hunter's with us today. She gives us a shout from a distance. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So we created a Watson seminar. Mm -hmm. It was all about brand clarity. So in looking at what we did, we said this would be a fit because our pivot point really is creating clarity to help people understand their identity. So Watson fits because we do intensives and we help people understand where they're going with their business. So while that's not strictly naming, it fits because it fits our pivot point. So we help people analyze so first of all, we gather information, then what is it really about? So if someone was doing this exercise on us, we would say we're a naming company, and if you didn't find our pivot point, you would give us names that would be very nameish. Hmm. You know, name brainers, you know, name this, name that, how about and that's all the names we would get, very industry sounding. But instead we looked for a metaphor that created insight. So when you get down to number two, you analyze what is it that we really want to be when we grow up? What is it that's the common thread, the theme that will always resonate through everything we do? And you determine that and you write that down and you say, this is what the company is really about. Number three is you create a creative brief. You specify. Now that you know what your pivot point is, and ours is creating clarity and insight, you know what your central theme is and your mission behind the business and not what you're just first coming out with. How is it that you want to convey that message? Do you want to sound bold and innovative or do you want to sound trusted and tried and true? So it's, it's kind of the creative brief then begins to say, how do we communicate that? What is the emotional temperature of this brand? Is it breakthrough? Is it first of a kind? Is this a sea change? Is this transformational or is it trustworthy? And this is where we get a lot into our financial service branding. They depends on your, your industry or sector. A lot of those 
folks don't want to sound like they're the, the new kid on the block. They want to sound like the new kid on the block wants to sound like the old kid on the block, like they've been around forever. So do you want to engage and excite or educate and inform? What is the personality or temperament of your brand and how do you want that to be perceived? So, and who are your primary and secondary targets uh, for hospitals and medical? It'll be like, I, you know, as much as I want to go to the end consumer, I have to sell the hospital administrator first. So they might be more literal thinkers. They might be more cerebral. So maybe the name needs to make sense to them as well as the end consumer. So identify your markets, identify what kind of personality you want the brand to be and write a creative brief. And this is what type of messaging will appeal to them. Um, we ask these questions and summarize them in a document typically for the team to share and discuss. And that helps inform and guide it. So the creative brief would look like we want this brand to communicate a, an element of excitement, enthusiasm. We're first in category. Um, we're known for innovation. Um, and it gives kind of the parameters of how you want that brand to come across. And this is, there's no formula for this. It's not super strict. It's just a brief that kind of gives the outline of the personality of the brand. So the first three steps in our 10-step method is to gather, do that big info dump. Then analyze it to say, okay, we've got all this information. What is it then that's common? What's the common thread in all this information? And then write that brief. And once you've got that, you are teed up and ready to go to start your naming project. So you've been listening to Brilliant Branding. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll get back, and we'll walk you through the rest of the steps that you're going to create an awesome and a brilliant brand. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back and we're coming up with the greatest brand name ever for your new company, product, or division. You've been put in charge of it. It's your own deal. It's something you've been thinking about for years or you're a marketing director or you've just been tagged. You're that person. So we're giving you our 10 steps that we use to create brand names that are really highly differentiated and most important are very congruent with what you're doing. So you don't have to go back and do this mad exercise again, um, you know, two or three years from now. So we talked about step one, you gather, you do that whole kind of dream board thing, that Pinteresty thing. You just information dump, you look at everything, you soak in it. Okay, this is what we're, we're attempting to do. A lot of times these ideas are kind of in a state of flux initially. So I, I wouldn't try to hold on to that too firmly. I would just say, okay, we're, it sounds like it's, it's, it's this, 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 and this. Step number two is, okay, this is everything that's floating around, let's analyze it and say, what is the common thread to all of this? Even though we're going to be producing this widget or this gadget, is that what we want to call the company? Uh, do you plan on coming up with product number two? Let's think down the road here two or three years. Is this the beginning of something or is this centric just to this one item? Um, and that's a trap a lot of people get caught in. So find that common thread and that will help inform your decision making. We call it your pivot point. You can go to Tungsten Branding or just Tungsten Pivot Point and read our article on that. And that will help you really get anchored into saying, you know, no, it's really not about that. There's almost always a deeper level when you go into naming to naming a product. Like we could name it this, but it would speak superficially to what we're doing. And it would make your company sound toolish or functional. But if you can create a name that's more tied to the why behind your business and not the what, you will have sound more expansive, more rooted and grounded. That's very, very good stuff uh, to base your, your brand name on. Number three, just write that creative brief, be very specific. Now you're at a point where you really understand it. And this is more about outlining what it is that you want from the brand. If this brand could do or be anything and people could walk away with one impression, what would that impression be? Would it be, wow, that sounds exciting or bold or disruptive or it sounds, and we, you know, we had a client one time that said, no, we're just, we're, you know, upending our industry. And from what they described, it, it did not frankly sound like anything revolutionary, but I went with it. And so I said, well, it sounds like it's a needed service, but it doesn't sound first in category. They go, well, we don't care. We want it super, super, you know, just out there. And so we created a very disruptive name and we called it Quench. And it was all about satisfying the need for leads. And I remember at the time, and I might have shared this once before, where the, the client looked at us and said, wow, that is strong. Uh, that's too strong of a, a personality. Had, had we been following the creative brief, that would have been out of round. And I said, well, what's wrong? You wanted a really creative name. They said, I feel like we'd be running around in orange jumpsuits and shooting Nerf guns around. And these are guys that wore like Brooks Brothers suits. You know, they're really straight laced. And so that was a creative brief keeps the, the temperature of the, the brand in check and helps people understand what it is that we're about. Now, number four, once you have that, 
You definitely want to do this, and this is one of the key points that gets missed. People come up with a list, I want the name to be this, 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 and this. Well, if you're cooking in a kitchen, it's like I want it to have a little of this in it and this flavor and this flavor and this flavor. In what proportion? And proportionality is one of the most important things when it comes to naming and branding your new business. What do you want it to primarily communicate? What is it do you want it to primarily convey? So if you go to eat a food, generally when you bite into it, there is a primary ingredient. And the mistake people make is they want it to do a little bit of everything. And if you've ever been in the kitchen and mixed everything together in equal proportions, generally it does not taste well. Chocolate is great and so is ketchup, but I wouldn't mix something 50-50, chocolate and ketchup. You have to decide what leads and what follows. So to keep the process on track, we work with our clients to prioritize which items in the brand strategy or in this brand criteria. Here's your want list. Man, I just love to sound like this. What are the most important ones and which ones deserve the most time and consideration in coming up with names? Um, is it the overall sound and feel? We have a client this week and what they're learning as they go through the discovery process is as much as they listed this litany, right, Hunter, of things they wanted from their brand name, they just like the sound of the names. So we really focused on doing from very specific things they outline, but more and more they're learning that they just want names that sound good, that just sound fun and catchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that went from being, and it would be good if it sounded catchy, to becoming, no, this name needs to sound clever, fun, and catchy, even if it doesn't mean anything. So those, this is where you prioritize it. Does the name need to have meaning so that you can go into a big backstory? Does it need that? Or does it just need to be inviting and catchy? And, of course, you're going to say yes, both. You know, I want it to be a fun, explosive, exciting name with a deep, rich backstory to it. But sometimes names just work. We've had a few, and Liz is really good at this, I notice, Hunter. She's good at just coming up with those names that go, well, you know, they just sounds good. And I'll go, how are we going to write the rationale for this? Um, because there's not a lot of rationale, except that it does feel like it would fit this category. But there's not word parts or morphemes in it I can really point to. Um, but this is where you go, as a, as if you're doing this yourself or you're hiring somebody, you have to just be honest and say, if I had to give on something, I want it to be informative more than anything else. I want it to sound inviting more than anything else. I want it, people to remember it. Uh, you know, Maybe you've been lost in your industry because your name sounds like everybody else. Or, or sometimes it's just purely, I just don't want it trademarkable. That's the most important thing. So you prioritize these things. Otherwise, you're gonna be shooting at multiple targets. You know, you're going to have one bullet shooting at four moving targets, and you don't want that. So prioritization is really important. By agreeing early on that the brand must communicate X, Y, and Z in that order, it puts the emphasis where it belongs and avoids the tendency to use individual subjectivity as the basis for judgment. And that's what you want to avoid. If you can bake this thing and say, we want it to communicate this first, this second, then objectively... This is where we get into this thing where people float the idea by other people. And it's so much better than to say, you know, Hunter, I want to start a uh, company in the sports sector. And my most important thing is I want it to convey, you know, um, activity. 
this, 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 and this, these three things in the sports category. How does this name fit that? I've now told Hunter what I wanted to think. Judge it according to this in this formula, and your brain would automatically go, yeah, that sounds fitting. This is a huge mistake I see all the time. We'll meet with a client, and then they'll turn around, and they'll just announce a name. They'll say, we're thinking of a name in a company, and here's one of the names we've come up with. Well, there's no guardrails. You know, you're the one that's creating this brand. You'll be, you know, you'll be telling the gospel of this story as long as you own this business. And it'll always be within a certain context. So if you go out there and you just float the name out in space, all people will do is take it to the nearest association. That brand doesn't exist yet. So they're going to free associate it with whatever comes to mind. Well, that sounds like a drug. That's a common one. If it's an invented name. Oh, that sounds like a drug to me. Or they'll say, that sounds like uh, this bank uh, I used to bank at in you know, southern Georgia in this small town. Well, who else is going to know this? But if you say, I want, here's my formula, here's what the business is about, set the context. Because when they come across this name, they will see it in context. They'll see it on a website, at a trade show, around people that are in a similar industry. If they're going to a restaurant, it'll be around other restaurants on a corner with a sign out front. So it doesn't need to say restaurant necessarily. And so you wanted to say, this is what I want it to convey with this as the first and foremost impression. Does that name do that? And then you'll get usually very good, good feedback. So prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. If the names start coming back wonky, then maybe look at what you prioritize. Maybe that shouldn't be number one, just as the example we gave a, min a minute ago, where it was, we want the name to convey, you know, let's say a beach theme, and then you find out that's not as important. Maybe what it needs to convey is fun. And you can always come back and reprioritize, but have that there as we call them brand rails or guardrails to keep the process. And this is what this whole 10-step thing is about. It's about creating a funnel so that you start wide and it begins to narrow and you come out with an end product and this whole process of naming the business doesn't devolve into spitballing things all the way to the end. Because what'll end up happening if you don't follow a process is people get frustrated and then they'll pick a name based on a really low priority. At the very end of the process, well, let's just go with this one, it's high in the alphabet. Well, that's probably not the most important thing, especially in this day and age, there's fewer and fewer directories. But you don't want to default to priority number 10. Um, so this is very good, prioritize. Now here comes the fun part. You know what it is, you've made your formula, you've got your ingredients, you know your pivot point, you've prioritized it. You know you want this to convey cutting innovation. You know you want it to sound like it's a breakthrough category, that it's IT-ish, and you've got this down. Now it's time to ideate. This is where you actually create the names. So once we know what business, and you know what business that you're truly in, remember Apple wasn't a computer company, it was an innovation company, if you know what you're really in, uh, what you're, you can message what you want to convey. We look at how best now to convey that message. And this is where you start using naming strategies. So, you know, I love the expression, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I don't know who skins cats anymore. <laughs> but um, if you're into skinning cats, there's more than one way, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. So that must be one of the southern colloquialisms. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. 
I heard someone when I moved here said, you can't sling a dead cat around here without hitting a macaw. I always thought that was interesting. I thought, <laughs> who slings dead cats? That's so true. Um, there are a number of branding strategies, each with their own pluses and minuses. So every naming strategy comes with its little, you know, that really works, but it, you lose a little something here. So just be, be good with that. You may want to start with a blank slate name. Um, these are called coined or invented names. The benefit is they provide an empty vessel. So think of it like a cargo ship that's got nothing in it. It means nothing. It doesn't have a lot of identity, but it affords you a lot of opportunity to build your own brand messaging. So you might say, you know, I've got these things I want to convey, but I want to start with a blank slate. So there's no, the, the value of that is there's no preconception going into it. And as long as it's easy to see, say, and spell, then people will say, well, what is that company? Um, and we all know these invented companies. I wouldn't say this one's easy to spell when it came out, but um, Xerox, Kodak, they were just completely arbitrarily made up. Um, when we make up names, we still try to come up with a bit of a hint in the name. Uh, we call the company Clarisent because they provide clarity and insight in, in a magnificent way. So you can create these names and still have a little ishness to them. Another way to do it is to create a key attribute in your business name. Um, maybe there's some element of the business and it goes back to you will always do business this way. So if you are all about convenience or delivery or speed or speed to market, but you've got to be honest, it's got to stay with the brand through the entire life of the brand. You can't put it in the name and then go away from it. So there's like Sir Speedy. That's kind of a, an example of one. There's uh, Econo Lodge, you know, so there it is. The economy is the attribute. So you'll always be in a lodge and it'll be economical. Um, so those are kind of descriptive hybrid names. Um, True Green is an example of, this is one of our favorite strategies. And these are all strategies to get at that same pivot point. Um, True Green was a lot better than Kim Lawn. You know, keeping your lawn green versus nuking it with Agent Orange is always better. And there's then there's the uh, metaphors. You know, for speed and agility, they call the car Jaguar. Or as you say, Hunter, Jaguar. 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 <laughs> uh, Amazon is a great metaphor. They didn't, they didn't call it the Books a Million route. They kept it open. They used a metaphor for abundance. So think about... Let's go back to our pivot point. Um, when, when Jeff Bezos decided that he was going to create this thing, his original thing, if he'd had that whole idea board, was I want to own the Internet with the biggest e-commerce site. He started off with 20 ideas of things he could sell. He settled on books to start off, but he was not a book company. He wanted to be a game changer. So he wanted a name that would reflect that sense of enormity. I'm going to be huge. This thing's going to take over the internet. It's going to sell all kinds of things. So he didn't get stuck in that little tiny one-gallon planter seedling bucket where he called it something that he couldn't get out of later. So that name has been able to evolve. And notice the little smile on it from A to Z, Amazon. Hunter, you like the, the logo in Amazon? The smile oh, yeah, actually yeah. curves up from A to Z. So they yeah. have everything mm -hmm. from A to Z. Yeah, that was very simple. Amazing. Very simple, very thought out. Very well done, Amazon. Like you need to be told that. 
So we always work with you to determine which branding strategies best suit your needs. Then we go to work to find those names, or you can do them. So there's about eight or nine different naming strategies that can be used, and we've named a few of them, metaphors, descriptive hybrid names, you know, JetBlue, OnStar, and we go through different ones and we present them to say, this is what you want to convey, and here are unique ways to convey it. You can invoke it through emotion with evocative names. You can describe it. You can be more literal and functional, or you can be more emotional and kind of create it. We created early moments sharing the gift of reading to kind of conjure that feeling of you know, oneness with your kid and reading versus calling it Reedior, which they had thought of. So those are things. We usually come up with 10 to 12 to 15 names between one to two rounds that are really, really thought out with a rationale. And every name that you come up with that you think is good, I would just encourage you to write a rationale out with it. What is it about it? What can you extrapolate? What are the pros and cons of this name? What are the derivatives? Is there sub-branding that could come up? And make kind of a case, like you're making a case for each of these names. And in doing that, it'll help kind of build it out in your mind ahead of time and help you think about it. So this is the ideation stage. This is where all the fun happens. This is the brainstorming, the kind of light sessions. I would not necessarily try to do this in one foul swoop. I would probably do this, take a break, and come back over a series of you know, several days or maybe even a couple of weeks until you come up with about a dozen candidates that you think are very viable. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking about ideation and creating names for your company or your product. And you've been listening to Brilliant Branding. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are in the midst of creating the best brand name ever for your company, product, or service. And I know you are riveted, but we're in the throes of ideation. And this is where I think people that sometimes feel like they're maybe not the most creative people in the world get challenged. But it's just a matter of following several uh, threads of thought. And I think the problem that we have, by the time we're done with our educational system, and we go through school and everything else. Everything's about moving forward, 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 forward. How do I just move through this? Creative is not about moving through it. It's about, you know, jogging left and right. How else could I do this? So it's more like lateral thinking, not forward thinking. So I challenge you that when you come up with a company name, don't just keep doing the same thing. The most common one we get is people that have sat around a room and mashed words together. And so they come up with these horrible, you know, kind of, we call them train wrecks, where they've thought of these two words that they just welded together. There's all kinds of ways to name companies. And we've talked about some of them. Pick a metaphor. One client we proposed was using pepper moth as a name, which you probably thinks that's what's that's a crazy name, pepper moth. What is it? Well, during the Industrial Revolution, these moths were landing and they were light colored and they would land on a wall, on a light-colored wall. I think I've got this straight. And and everything was fine, but as the Industrial Revolution went on, and oh, they were light-colored. The, the, the buildings were getting darker and darker with soot. So these light-colored moths would stand out, and they would be eaten by, by prey, and it looked like they were gonna go extinct. Well, the theory was there's not enough time for these things to evolve. There just isn't. And so they're gonna go extinct. But much to everybody's surprise, these things began to immediately evolve and adapt and turn dark. So all of a sudden here in London were these moths that began to turn dark and they adapted quickly. And so we said to this consulting firm, what if you were pepper moth? Now this is really drilling down deep. And you were all about your story and this gets into your brand story. It's about your ability to read a situation, respond, react proactively, and adapt to a new situation. And they were like, that's, that's exactly what we do. Um, so that was one of the ideas that they discussed. We must have had a better one, they didn't pick it. But that's just an idea of the kind of thinking that we do. It's kind of outside the box. So instead of just saying, let's just put two words together, or let's mash things up, or let's just create an invented name, you can look, that's kind of a metaphor in a way, but it, what I always look for too is what is the depth of the story? What do you say after you come up with a name? So here's a name that's interesting, but does it allow you to, to continue the conversation forward? And I think Peppermoth would. Would you agree, Hunter? Yeah, I would. It would be like, wow, where'd you get that? Well, and it's not just this weird story about your kids or that you, mm-hmm. you're a pilot or that you named after a mountain you flew over once. It's one that is very much intertwined with what you do as a company. People ask me, how do you spell tungsten? Why did you pick it? Well, in explaining it, I'm also talking about clarity and insight. So you can use metaphors. Another one, I'm not real big on this. You got to be careful on this one. Kids don't try this at home. 
but play on words. We just named um, a, a company Give Bake, and it's a play on Give Back, and they bake baked goods, hence the phrase baked goods. They bake them. And a part of the proceeds go back into the community to help people. And so there's, there's an example of using a play on words. Um, another play on words we did was Mount Washmore. And the other thing, and this is why I say make a rationale or a case study for every name you propose. Don't just throw a name. What about this name and that? Think each name through. Well, what would you say? What would be the tagline? Sometimes if you create a tagline with a name, a name that's so-so becomes a rock star. When you say, you know, park place, I don't get it. The ultimate garage space. You've created rhyming. You've given context to it. When we say Mount Washmore, it's a total rush. You know, friends don't let friends drive dirty. All kinds of different things like that. All of a sudden you see, well, there's a lot of context for that. And in that particular case, we thought, well, you could actually make the physical locale look like a park. It went so far as... Um, and doing that brand, they spent tens of thousands of dollars even physically planting different species to look like a park. And the people there wear uniforms, and they're, they're called rangers. So that's really giving some personality to the brand. So when we're at the ideation stage for your new company brand, it's not just about finding the word. It's about finding the story behind the word and trying to understand what it is that you want out of that name. And so in the end, you're going to end up having all kinds of different names. This one's an invented one. This one is kind of a positive connotation name. It sounds very, you know, one company, we just call them Bright Path because they did mortgages. It's, you know, we're going to lead you on the right thing. There's not tons of story behind it, but they didn't they didn't want to tell a complex story. They just say, we want you to, to get a mortgage from us, and we're a smart way to do it. So do you want a lot of story? Do you not want a lot of story? Do you want the name to be super memorable? Do you want it to pop? Do you want it to sound credible? Come up with ways. Always check when you're doing this for the domain, available domain. I try to get the matching.com whenever I can. You can go to, I go to um, domaintools.com. They're a great source. You can kind of see who's owned it. If you, if you can't get it, another great source to uh, buy names is buydomains.com. They're pretty good. After Nick. And I see after Nick has names for sale, I would definitely try to match up the domain name. And that goes back to, is that one of your brand criteria is important. If you're an e-commerce company, very important. You don't want to be amazongoods.com. Um, so e-commerce, I really press the need to have a matching.com. Other ones, you can put a descriptor word behind it, perhaps. You definitely want a descriptor word that will morph. Don't pick a descriptor word that is a literal product word. Pick something like solutions or something that will stay with you for years. And then check USPTO.gov. And you can do a preliminary search, at least for the exact match, um, and see there's a thing called TESS. Uh, It's an acronym for something. But if you go on USPTO.com and you search for trademark, they have a database called TESS, and it'll search and tell you if that name is taken. That doesn't mean it's available. It just means the literal one. It'll tell you if the literal name is taken. And there's a hundred and some odd number of goods and services categories. So just because a name is taken in one category, it might still be available. If you finally get down to a name that you love, 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 and maybe there's a little question on trademark, that's when you get your trademark counsel involved. Um, And if you ever need some help, you can reach out to us. We can refer you to a good trademark attorney. It's not what we do. 
I'm not big on sitting around doing trademark law. All right, so you're down to doing this. Step number six, you've been ideating, now you wanna refine. You're gonna review and refine. It's often in the discussion of the brand names, the team gets that aha moment, we call it. Someone will share a new twist, or what if you did it like this? Or you know what, if you did that name like this, you could do this, or oh wait, we could even do this. And all of a sudden a name that's kind of a B name becomes an A name or a name that sparks a train of thought that leads to other possibilities. That's the purpose of this whole process, to find out and to find the essence of the brand. Once in a while, a name will pop right out, but more often than not, two or three names just begin to kind of grow on you. And then one will be, I find that the name that wins is the one that you, it's, it's just that, it's just that girl that you really like, and there's nothing wrong with her. Can't stop thinking about her. You can't her. stop thinking about her. And all your friends go, what's wrong with her? I mean, why don't you two just go, I mean, I mean, I like her, you know? That old Pee Wee show, I like you, daddy. I like you, but I just like you. But we've had so many clients that just like a name, but they don't love it. And then it's all they do is talk about the name they like for three or four weeks. You know, I like that, but I like the, the new ones you've given me, but not as much as this first one. I thought you only liked that name. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's easy to say and I so usually the winning name, they, they're not fireworks. Uh, lower your expectations. I mean, my God, that would be an exhausting thing if, if this name just exploded every time you heard it. it would, usually it means you set the bar so high you couldn't live up to it anyway. You know, unless you've invented the cure to cancer, you don't want to name your product like it is the cure to cancer. Unless you are so revolutionary, break, you solve a problem no one's ever solved before. So you need a name that just fits you. You be you. Let the name really reflect what it is that matches up. So when people experience you, it's fitting. Again, you don't want to be quench if you're not quenching things, you know. So, um, so you're going to refine it. You're going to go back. You're going to review it. You're going to talk it out. You're going to sleep on it. You're going to revisit again. You're going to put taglines with it and see if it's working. Number seven, and sometimes this is the hard one, is selecting that winning name. Typically, we go two to three rounds of names to find the right candidate. And a lot of times, it's just allowing people time to kind of think and mull over and stew on the first round of names. Are these as good as we thought? Um, are these guys geniuses? Um, and we should push them harder because the names will just get even better. But I find that once you get up in the 90 percentile range, you're wasting your time um, trying to get better because you'll get one degree better. Maybe the name is perfect, but you wish it was two syllables instead of three or you wish it was higher in the alphabet. So in order to get that, you give up the beautiful story that comes with that name, or you give up the ease of pronunciation. If you get a name that's good and it's a, a, like an A or an A minus, that's gonna s serve your purposes. Uh, again, there aren't perfect names. There's just perfect names for you. Um, so there isn't one strategy that fits everyone. There's no one size fits all in naming. It's fit to concept. Does this do what you want it to do and convey your main ingredient? I often tell people, you know, if you are a golfer or you know anything about golf, it's about getting the ball on the green so you can one-putt your name. You want to be able to say, you know, what is Park Place? You know, Park Place, it's a place to uh, park your car. You know, Park Place, it's the ultimate garage space. Boom, ball goes in the hole. I got it. If you have to two-putt it, that's like, well, we called it that because in Greek, there's this king, you see. 
And this is back years ago, and the person just waxes over. That's probably a five putt. That's flying the green, and you're back at another sand trap. Horrible. So you get it down, and you pick the name. You pick the name that best fits you. It's the one you keep talking about. You can't get away from it. You run it through trademark. Hopefully, your lawyer says green light. And you pick that. You secure the .com domain. Number eight, you develop the marketing platform. And this is all the things we're talking about, all the language from your, go back to your rationale. You see all that rich body of language. If it's a name, we named a company Altacent, and then the language became climbing higher, reaching higher, gaining a higher perspective, seeing <laughs> clear, breaking through. <laughs> Bless you, Hunter. Thank you. Um, so all these things accentuate the core strength of the name, Altacent, Alta meaning high. Um, number nine, and this is very pragmatic, and what we're going to do is we're going to just park this one, number nine, and Hunter, we'll do a whole show with you, is you create, and this is often part of naming. I put it in here because just very few people create a name with no logo, is you create the visual identity that goes with it. And the visual identity mirrors, ironically, very much these same iterative steps that we've outlined today. What is it that you want it to do? How can that logo help tell the story of the brand? Mm -hmm. And Hunter's great at looking and thinking through. And I think too many times people go with just trends in the industry and just mindlessly put in more, this is what the industry is doing instead of does this help tell the story of this brand? Mm -hmm. You know, so you definitely want that to be another supporting actor in this play of creating the brand name. So create that corporate identity and that logo in a way that it, again, answers a piece of the question, what is this company about? Mm -hmm. How does it do business? And number 10, finalize. This is the fun part. This is where everything gets transferred over. You get the logo uh, files and all the various file formats brought over. You get the domain name transferred over to you. You get your email set up and you begin all the collateral development where that name will begin to proliferate through and you start moving into brand implementation. Mm -hmm. So those are our 10 steps. You'll find them if you go to Tungsten Branding, um, our branding process uh, on our site. And it's just under basics, tungstenbranding.com and go to the branding process under basics. So there are 10 steps that will help you to kind of put the brand rails and the guardrails on your branding process and whether you do it internally or you hire a firm, that will get you through the funnel. The funnel won't break. It'll take you from very wide, wide at the top to spitting out two or three deliciously yummy and insightful brands at the very end of the process. I hope this has been super helpful. Um, please follow us on Facebook at Tungsten Branding um, or on Twitter at Tungsten Brand. And we look forward to enlightening and brightening you with more great branding ideas next week on Brilliant Branding. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.